1: with women who inspire us. The three of us together have a lot of experience discussing real issues that affect real women. Now, we're giving you a chance to actually hear how we talk about the topics in the newsroom behind the scenes here on the Oklahoma Women Want to Know podcast.
2: On this episode of Oklahoma Women Want to Know, the television and film industry is taking off like a rocket and it's really exciting to watch. We've even been called the Hollywood on the Prairie. Kind of cool. Okiewood. Yeah. We've had Tulsa King, Killers of the Flower Moon, Reservation Dogs. Both, or all three, have had a ton of success. Natalie Standing Cloud is a local actress who happened to be in both. We want to know what her experience was like on set and if she has Any other big plans coming up in the future, we're going to hear all about it in just a moment. But first, I'm April Hill, and I am the midday anchor and news director on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's news and talk. I'm Jen Townley. I'm co-host of the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. And I'm Crystal Kelly, a
3: reporter at KRMG. Okay, so
2: Natalie, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got into this.
3: Okay. Hello, beautiful ladies. My name is Natalie Standing Cloud. I was born and raised in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. I started acting at the age of six. Um, My first independent film that I worked on was called Standing Cloud and it was loosely based around my mother, but it was written and directed by my aunt Kimberly, my mom's eldest sister. And so growing up in my family, the actress in my family was Kimberly and her first like big breakout role was uh, a episode of Seinfeld where she played, um, I think it was Joanna or Jonna, but she was Seinfeld's native girlfriend in the cigar store indian episode
2: oh that's Ah. super cool yeah
3: it was super special and i didn't realize that that was such um i don't know a a blessing in my family because other native people didn't really have somebody that looked like them on tv but this was like in my family so like for me it was kind of like a like a normal regular thing i didn't realize how rare she was is what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. yeah it was really cool
0: yeah i think there's a lot of things when you're younger that you don't realize. And then when you get older, you're like, oh, my gosh, that was a
3: huge, significant thing. Yes, yeah, not everyone had that. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Did you do uh, community theater? What did you start off with since you were? So,
3: yeah, so that was my first, like, experience uh, being in front of the camera. And the one thing I really love about acting is that for me, uh, I mean, lots of people have different reasons for acting. Mine was that I love to play. I love to use my imagination. I love to tell stories, be a part of adventures, uh, getting to know people too. Just like the whole environment of it is just so cool and creative and it's uh, a team, right? It's not just like individuals. You need more than one person to tell a story like this, you know, successfully. Anyhow, um, so as I grew up, uh, I did um, like theater camps, uh, middle school, like plays, spring plays in high school. Actually, I got the chance to play Dorothy my freshman year of high school, which Very was cool. really cool. And like my grandmother, I told her I was going to be in the Wizard of She's like, oh yeah, what part are you going to play? And I'm like, mm, Dorothy. And she's like, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? Because like, I guess up until then, I haven't really shown my family that this was something I was going to be passionate about. And that came from middle school. So in middle school... <clears throat> I started getting the acting bug and I really wanted these parts, but my teacher at the time also had a daughter in my grade and I just kind of, she kind of played. Hmm. played favorites mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit. So then in high school when I got the chance to audition, I was like, man, I just, I really want this. And my acting teacher seen that, you know, passion that I wanted it. And so she was able to give me that role and my family was able to see me like act and sing on stage for like the first time ever. And I just loved it. And so after, um, throughout high school, I did like Rizzo in Greece. I did speech and debate. I made it to state. Uh, after I graduated, I went to Oklahoma city university and was an acting major there and did a play there. But college was really hard for me and I struggled and I ended up dropping out. And when I dropped out, I picked up my tattoo, uh, career cause I've always been an artist as well. I just like creating things. Um, anyway, so I started my tattoo apprenticeship, got finished with that and gained my confidence back as a creator. Cause like through college I struggled. Right. And I kind of lost that acting dream of mine, let it go, and picked up the the artistry. But then my confidence came back. I was like, you know what, I think I can do both. And so I started jumping back into the theater and I started doing plays uh, by Mary Catherine Nagel. She's a Cherokee lawyer and a playwright and she's written so many plays, but I was able to act in Omaha, Nebraska, Portland, Oregon, um, several other places, Colorado. And um, eventually, through that process, I was able to make friends with um, Sterling Harjo, who's one of the who's the writer creator of Reservation Dogs. But before Reservation Dogs, he was a part of a a Native comedy group called the 1491s. And the 1491s are a a group of like five Native guys who have a shit ton of videos on YouTube, and they're really funny. And um, when I came out of high school, I had this ex boyfriend who was huge on YouTube. He in high school he had like twenty thousand subscribers. It was crazy, and I was like the one girl in all his videos. And he became really close friends with Ryan Redcorn, who's another member of the group. And so through that connection, I was able to make uh, a friendship with all the guys. And they just knew that I wanted to be an actor. And they would go travel around the country and do like... um live comedy skits and things like that if they couldn't have all five guys they would bring me in as like a filler so I was kind of like the one honorary 1491 woman out of all these guys nice. and it was so crazy too because I was like man I'm so nervous these guys seem like naturals or professionals and I get backstage and I'm like alright guys like what's the plan I'm a theater kid like let's rehearse what are, what are the lines what are we doing and they're like Natalie we just go up there and fuck around and find out like oh it's goodness. not that serious so I mean it is but I mean we're be- having fun so don't you know take, be too hard on yourself so I was like okay well I guess this is where I can play I can I can grow and so I gotta thank the guys for like helping my improv like that and and giving me a shot and you know helping me stand up standing me up right and so um, that was like my connection with Sterling so when he came out with uh, Reservation Dogs I auditioned just like everybody else but I think it also helped that he just knew that I was this is a dream of mine and so Reservation Dogs was my very first TV show, and it's it's crazy too because um, I think Migazie, he's another guy in the in the group. He messaged me and he's like, "Hey, what's what was the name of the character we gave you in the in the first season?" And I was like, "I didn't get a name." He's like, "Okay, well, we're just gonna call you Natalie." And I was like, oh, "All right, then that's awesome." Because I heard um, uh, an a- interview by Will Smith a while back when he did Fr- Fresh Prince. They gave him the opportunity to name his character, and he said, "I want it to be my name because this is my first big breakout role, and if anything, I want people to know who I am." Right, and so I thought it was pretty special that I'm kind of in that same little situation right
2: so your onset. were you nervous what what was it like when you, your okay. first day on reservation yes dogs? yes because
3: you mentioned i'm in killers of the fire moon right yeah and so those two sets are entirely different uh we got big big blockbuster movie we got a brand new groundbreaking tv show right and so the tv show uh environment was it kind of brought me back to those youtube days on like a way better budget but because um everybody was like pretty much native who was a part of this project. It was just such a community feeling, uh, you know, everybody was so not, casual not too casual because we had to get shit done but everybody's really like family oriented very you know goofy laid back uh, but also really harmonious working together um, everybody ate together There wasn't a hierarchy and that's what I felt with killers of the flower moon that was serious serious business and when I was on killers of the flower moon I was considered a principal extra because I'm seen with the main cast so I'm not just like a wrangler extra but um, <laughs> so but my friend who was also on the the pro- project with me his name's Riker we went to high school together but he's um, a stuntman who was on Killers of the Flower Moon as well and that was kind of like a dream for us because we're like man we started on YouTube and now we're here like it's so crazy that everybody was like laughing at us back then but who's laughing now (laughs) (laughs) Um, so on the set of Killers of the Flower Moon I know that we were going to go get coffee together and um, he was with me and we went to go to the you know Crafty to get it and they were kind of strict about like oh you're a principal extra this is here's your coffee oh sir you need to go over there where the regular extras are and get your coffee you know I'm saying it a little bit nicer than they did but I was like oh snap this is uh, this is way different this is serious we can't be laughing too much
2: (laughs) you know what i mean you say coffee but wasn't it hot when you guys were filming it was
3: yeah yeah and and
2: you had to wear coats and stuff is what i
3: yeah yeah i i in pasca it was i I think it was like early spring i think when we were shooting i don't know it kind of it kind of got drunk out drawn out because of covid happened around that time so you know this movie took like over two years to really fully you know make and i think they had to go back and shoot more scenes at the end Mm -hmm. so i was only on set for like two days my, short, my spot was really short, but um, regardless of that, when I got on set, man, it was like walking in, out of a time machine, you know, because like the, the roads were covered in dirt and everybody had like the actual, you know, uh, accurate clothing on, the details, the jewelry, like everything, you know, and um, later on when I was done with the film, somebody told me that Scorsese himself, he makes sure that he has seen every face on the screen before they hit the camera, Right. So in a way that I was like kind of handpicked for my part. I wasn't I mean, yeah, I'm kind of a pretty face, but like he, you know, approves everybody that's in this for sure. So I thought that was pretty cool and amazing. And while I was on set, I had the opportunity to shake hands with Leo and Scorsese. So that was pretty neat. What about De Niro? I didn't get to see De Niro. No, he wasn't on on set when I was there.
1: I was curious about the hierarchy that you mentioned since you were a principal Extra. Mm-hmm. And so you were a little more special. How was it still with the other actors, like the main actors in the film, compared to like where you were? Were you able to rub elbows with Leo and say hi that's, I'm Natalie that's the moment
3: I did yeah so there so the part that I'm in um, I'm seen with uh, Henry Roan and he has a bunch of ladies throughout the film I'm the one that's with him when he's in town and um, there's photographers coming up to take our photo and like I think Henry at that time is using that moment to kind of flex his uh, his wealth in front of Leo because in the story Leo is actually dating Henry Roan's ex at that time or he's, he's beginning to and so that in that moment they kind of make eye contact and he's like yeah I got this money to take this photo here's my nice lady on my arm I'm the nice lady on the arm <laughs> but um, but yeah so uh, before we started shooting and I was just kind of sitting in my little spot and there's like a group of extras behind me and then in front of me was Leo and he was kind of like pacing and I, I don't know I just like have this fantasy in my head that he's like side eyeing me and he's like wanting me to t- cause like his his chest was kind of open towards me when he was like walking by me and I was like I don't know the body language is telling me yeah. this is an open door for me to say hi <laughs> so I go up there and I walk up to him and I, I, you know he can tell that he's I'm coming up to talk to him and I'm kind of really nervous and I'm like hi I'm like, can I shoot your hand (laughs) and he's like yeah like you know he kind of has this look on his face before he sees me that he's like all serious or whatever and then when I walk up to him he like opens up and softens up and looks at me and I'm like yeah you know shaking his hand and I'm just like it's really great to meet you and it's really awesome to be here and I kept it short and sweet and that was it and I went back to my spot and I was just like doing a little happy dance but yeah it was so cool it was oh my god just like a dream come true I never thought I mean I'm not even 30 yet and I never thought this was going to happen before then and it's just crazy how uh, god it's happening in Oklahoma too I don't even have to leave to go to Hollywood and when I did leave to do these plays and things people would be like okay so you like you live in New York you live in California and I'm like no man I'm from I flew out here from Oklahoma I'm gonna go back (laughs) yeah there's (laughs) talent here too yeah (laughs) and it's exciting too because I'm Cherokee and Cherokee film office is is happening with Mm -hmm. my tribe and we just built a brand new huge sound stage out in Owasso and I've been able to do projects with them where I'm putting these suits on with the dots on it where I'm doing uh, motion capture for my tribe and doing little videos here and there so it's is really neat. It's exciting. Oh,
0: Killers of the Flower Moon was phenomenal. I saw it and all of that. But I want to talk about Reservation Dogs yes. because it's so unique. It's this coming of age. You know, I didn't know a whole lot about the Native American culture and what goes on on the reservation and stuff like that. And the first episode, I fell in love with these kids oh, and the God. whole concept of this show. So... What was it like being a part of something like that?
3: It was, oh, first of all, another dream come true. And just to see how far the guys have come, especially Sterling. I mean, he's always made independent films, but this was his like leg in the door, right? And he he really like took off with it. And it was just, oh, just very, uh, what's the word? I don't know. I don't want to just say good because it's way better than good, but like... We finally get our our time to, you know, show people, hey, this is who we are. And we don't really have to try hard to be who we are because this is us. Right? On the set, you guys had a feeling that this was going to be a hit? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Everybody was so excited and just, oh my God, just on their edge of their seat ready to see this and you know, people they're gonna talk about it for years to come. You know, and I, I, I didn't realize till after it was over, like, wow, this is actually like kind of a historic. Because you know, you you think about as a native person, you think about other T V shows that are like native TV shows and I you can't don't think of one. you think of um, episodes. The Seinfeld episode, you know, for for example, you think of like singular things, not something that's like a whole, right? And uh, Sterling has created this like universe for us, just like the Marvel universe, right? And it's just it's amazing to be a part of. And um, when I did the first season, I was the optometrist receptionist in the credits and my friends were like, Natalie, Natalie, you did it. Are you going to go again? Are you going to be in the second season? I was like, listen, I'm not going to bug Sterling. I I trust Sterling. If he wants me to come back, I'll come back. If I don't, you know, I'm so excited. I got the opportunity to be in the first season. And so when the second season came around and they, they showed me the anti episode that everybody loves. And I got to read the script for that and seeing that I had my own name. And like, I was going to be acting alongside Jana, Tamara and Sarah who are, like Olympic native women in the acting industry and I'm the baby I'm so fresh and so new and so green and I just like was just so grateful to be um, in that episode and and have that experience with them and grow with them and learn with them and be like this is my first with you guys the
0: the writing in that show is so good because it's like this comedy where there's some crazy funny parts yes and then all of a sudden it's make you laugh make you cry right I mean and the spirit guide. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> Dallas! <laughs> I love he's Dallas. Funny. He is such a
3: ham, and I'm so
0: happy that
3: he got his his shine right. Right, his spotlight. Yeah, he
0: reminded me of you know those little bit characters that people don't <laughs> realize are going to be such a hit. Yes, um, yes. So, what was it like to work with hit with Sterling and know that you're going to be funny? But then you're also going to have to be really serious.
3: Yeah, yeah. I try not to let my nerves get to me and be like, you know, it's just Sterling. Like, don't... (laughs) It's just Sterling. Like, you you guys have been buddies for such a long... I can fangirl and just, like, lose my mind so quickly. But anyways, um, yeah. uh, I think another part of what made it so great was that Sterling, although he is, like, the face of the show, he definitely uh, put out so many chairs for so many people to write on individual episodes. If you notice, uh, a lot of those episodes have different directors. So, for instance... In the first season, my episode was directed by Sydney Freeland. And then in the second season, it was directed by TASBA. And so those are totally two different, completely different women who have different perspectives and feelings and views on things. But that's how you get the, the beautiful like dynamics of this, this TV show.
2: You what know, it, one thing that I love about the filming of um, both of these shows, Native American women in the past have been portrayed as very either wrinkly mm-hmm. or homely. Mm-hmm. And... In these shows, it shows how beautiful the Native
3: American women are. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: What about um, your your thoughts behind the fact that being a Native American woman and this is being highlighted in these roles on such a large scale? You you played Dorothy, Mm -hmm. but are you wanting to play more just
3: Native roles where you can show your message and just show who you are. As I'm a so excited you asked that. I, I'm so excited you asked that because you know, being a native in the film industry and looking back to where it was like really ugly way back in the day whereas is non-natives playing native roles with the wigs and the the brown paint and skin all that stuff and then getting to parts where we're only playing in one episodes, we're just like tokens in a story, you know. Now we're, you know, being ourselves and being able to tell our stories our way. um, I'm hoping it just keeps going forward to it gets to a point where I don't have to be native playing this native role. I can be native playing any kind of role, right? And that's Mm -hmm. that's a dream that I would like to have someday, but I'm also honored to be that genuine representation if they need it.
0: And that's not the only role you play. You are a very talented tattoo artist. Thank you so much. And I saw that you kind of bring your culture into your tattoos. Yeah. Can you tell us about that artistry?
3: I feel like, um, again, honored to have that safe space for Native people who feel like their art should be I don't know, some, some top two artists are just slapping ink on and some others take their time with what they're, they're doing to make sure, you know, this is right for the person they're giving it to because it lasts you the rest of your life. And so, um, I, I'm very honored to, to have that safe space for people to bring me their artwork and, um, trust, put their trust in me to give them something that they're going to be proud of to wear on their skin and show the rest of the world, you know, cause that's like their way of expressing themselves culturally. But, um, yeah, and I don't tattoo just, Cherokee people I tattoo people of all kinds of different tribes and I've tattooed non-natives who just love the culture as well and I want to have to give something to them that not like a real native would real native native would see and be like oh yeah that's cool can we talk about that let's share that like that's really awesome that you have that
0: right I think it's better when tattoos kind of have a little meaning. Yeah, of course. Mine has absolutely no meaning, but Uh. but but I like it when other people do. You know, because I think sounds like a good idea. Oh, now I'm curious. (laughs) I have to ask now. What is it? Okay, it's Hello Kitty with a guitar.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but who doesn't love Hello Kitty? Exactly, a a rockin' Hello Kitty. Hello. She was created
0: the year I was born, so I love. See, it
3: doesn't mean nothing. I don't believe that. I don't believe people just get spontaneous tattoos. Her
0: car used to be decked out. Yeah, Hello Kitty. Kitty? so, okay. so who are your role models? That's exactly Is that me, what you're going to Take the question James? out of your
3: mouth. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'll be honest. I just met one of my role models this past summer when I went to, out to Arizona. I had a tattoo convention out there. It was the very first indigenous music festival tattoo thing going on. And, um, a woman that was there beside me, her name's Kira Morello. She's from Idaho. I think she's Shoshone Bannock, but she's a tattoo artist that I've been following for a very long time now. And she's only like a couple years older than I am, but like, wow, like her style, she's just like really, um, I, I, you don't even have to see her signature to know that's Kira, you know? And I, I'm just like very, um, inspired by that and I myself am kind of like a shapeshifter in my artistry because I can kind of do a little bit of everything but I haven't got to the point in my uh, artistic career yet where I have set my style Right. I haven't found that yet. And I'm still experimenting and trying to, to find what that is. I get a lot of compliments on my line work and I'm leaning into that more, but I'm still trying to find like what's me. Right. So Kira Morello in the tattoo world is one of my um, you know, role models acting world. I mean, I love my aunt Kimberly. She's still doing stuff. She's out in California right now teaching at UCLA. So yeah, there's a couple of them. So, what do you have planned coming up? You got anything coming oh, up? Oh, okay. So, in my world, uh, I've learned that it's best not to talk about things until you've signed the paper or until it's over. And so, right now, I can just kind of tell you there is something big for me coming up next year, but I can't go into detail just yet. But when I can, I'll let you know. We want yeah, last night
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, are you going to any kind of conventions and stuff? I know that coming up, I think maybe. February, they're going to be doing it in Digipop. Convention.
3: So I will be there. Thanks oh, for yeah, yeah. Yeah, mentioning that. Yeah, yeah. So I have a friend who, who is a part of that and she's um, in, or invited me to be a host for one of those events at the uh, IPX in Digipop X and I think I'll be, um, I think they have an award show or something that's going to be going on at that same time that I'll be hosting and doing little bits here and there. But yeah, I've, I'm have i kind of, being an artist, I kind of like to go in all different kind of mediums. So I've done the acting, I've done the artistry, um, I've been dipping my toes into like comedic stand ups kind of Stuff as well, and that's kind of part of that. Um, I'm also I just signed on to the tab agency, and they do a lot of like print commercial work. I want to do more modeling next year as well. So I'm just kind of just doing so everything. We definitely Very need nice. to do more modeling because you're you beautiful. If you Thank guys you. you guys can't see her, but you need to go <laughs> see her. my auntie. Look at my auntie Kimberly on on IMDb or Google. Like that's where it's in the family.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <So> you got <laughs> good jeans. If, if people want to learn more about you, where can they go?
3: Your oh, I mean, look me up. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um, my Instagram handle is nattat, N-A-T-T-A-T-T-8, the number eight. That's where you'll find me. Okay,
0: cool. And if somebody wants to have you do their tattoos,
3: how do they find you? I'm in Tulsa off 71st and 92nd. I'm at the Ink Junkies Tattoo Shop here in Tulsa.
2: Love it. All right. Thank you for coming in.
3: Thanks for having
2: me. And we'll see you uh, the next time on the Oklahoma Women Want to Know podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe.
1: Thank you for joining us once again on Oklahoma Women Want to Know. Tune in each Wednesday at 5 a.m. for the latest episode. And don't forget to drop us a review.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah.